was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're going to be talking about is there a decrease of podcasters, the $85 million scandal, the $4 million YouTuber, and the 12 ways he made that $4 million. And is there a true formula to viral or success? This is what the podcast is going to be about. Moose, how are you feeling about this episode? A lot of dollar figures, high dollar figures. We just, you know, $4 million, $85 million. Let's get some millions, y'all. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that everything that you see and hear about Nikki and Moose is done on Ecamm Live. They're doing video isolation, audio isolation, able to multi-stream on multiple platforms, multi-stream on multiple, multiple platforms. Say that five times. That's very hard to do. Okay. Very hard to do. You could do it on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all the major social media platforms they're able to stream on. You can be able to produce a highly like high definition show with just a push of a button. And if you want 14 days for free on us, go to www dot nickyandmoose.com slash ecam that's e-c-a-m-m for your 14 day free trial moose how we feeling man i'm feeling so good feeling so good i'm not gonna lie it's uh it's been a great start to the year it's been a great week and uh you know i'm in a good season man i'm grateful just uh locked in and, and building spent some time with the fam today and we also overly communicate. That's our new principle, by the way, y'all. So if, in case you're wondering why these podcasts are getting so much better, we got a Over. new principle. Overly communicate everything. This is everything. Hey, I just had a peanut butter sandwich. I think you didn't tell me you had a peanut butter sandwich, but, but it's okay. You know what? Over communicate everything. Not that she tells me what she ate, but just, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice way to exercise our, our new principles. So, nah, things are great, man. Excited for this one. Okay. Now, my question for you before we start this yeah. episode, uh, are you uh, still with the momentum of the new year or did you follow with everybody else? Like it kind of started to sizzle down, you know, all the, yeah, we're going to do all these things. And now it's like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, in all honesty, I, I, I like leveraged New Year energy, but I wasn't high off of it. I just was like, "Ooh, nice! Everyone's on it. Let's let's take some of it." But I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to depend on it. So I'm back to my my routine. Like the routine, I just feel the routine keeps me grounded. Shout out, shout out to my boy Juan. Juan my boy Juan called me. I know Juan 
since 2014. I we by the way we worked on we worked on Wall Street together, and mm-hmm. you know we you know whatever we each went like our separate ways. Uh, when we left the company within a sh- few short months, he lives in a different state, and we've kept in touch ever since that few months. You know, in 2014. So a great friend, man, but he called me. He's like, hey, listen, make sure when you're talking on the podcast, you let people know that a part of your development is also your routine and 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 your dedication to, you know, your, your workouts. So I said, all right, Juan, I'm, I'm going to let them know. So folks, uh, my routine is, is <laughs> my routine and my workouts, according to Juan, is, is what helps stimulate this whole thing. So yeah, shout out to Juan, man. Shout out to Juan. We like one. He gave us extra content for Boost. Shout out to one. <laughs> All right. For me, um, well, I got on very geek out mode. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I had a great conversation with one of our past uh, guests, Sean Anthony. Shout out to him. Uh, to the point where it got me really geeked out that now every Friday we're dropping a new series called Creator Ave, which is the intersection of branding and business, okay? Really dope. Shout out to Kurt for that one. But uh, for those who don't know, we do a YouTube Live every Tuesday at 8 p.m., right? Um, And so, so many people have given us feedback of like, yo, we need the meat and potatoes of this, and it needs to be audio. Right. So now we're taking some of our best ones that are literally master classes. Right. We've gotten amazing feedback so far from the very first episode that we dropped that is like, yo, I needed this. This is, yo, it's only like 20 minutes. So I'm geeking out. The great thing about it, it's all done by AI. So I'm mm. editing the audio. Um, getting the show notes all through AI. Love you, Eddie, but we we didn't want to add no more work to you. We got you, right? Um, so every Friday, 6 a.m., first thing. So you can drive to work and hear it. Like I said, it's not going to be anything longer than 30 minutes. Probably going to go from 20 to 25. Um, and now the first one was like, what was the first video to create as a personal brand. So we're, we're going to focus more on the hows on this one, on mm-hmm. not so much of the creators and who's done it. That's what the podcast is for. But this one is going to be more of the step-by-step situation, uh, the mindset about it. What, what else do we talk about, Moose? Between... Um, hmm. I caught him off guard. Business that was totally <laughs> off guard. It's like um, business how tos. No, I, I look. I, the way the way I look at it is, you know, we've always we've always framed the Tuesday lives to focus on the person behind the personal brand. So whether they are mental blocks, emotional blocks, or strategic blocks that stop you from becoming the brand or creative entrepreneur that you've always wanted to be. That's how we frame topics and dialogues during those lives. So ultimately it's taking those 
And as you mentioned, just being able to kind of give you the, the best parts of the mall to give you some level of idea around, all right, how do I do this? When is it necessary, right? It's like asking you those probing questions so that even if you haven't crossed that bridge or you just never considered it in your past it, you can look back and say, ah, got it. Yeah, sorry about that. You totally caught me off guard. I was prepping for my segment and I was like, uh, <laughs> Tuesdays. Uh, Tuesdays so is great. It's a great uh, day of the week. It's the best day. <laughs> so so we're getting the best of our, our Tuesday lives now going to be called Creator Ave. Uh, so you don't have to listen to the full hour, right? You don't have to listen to the full 45, 20 to 25 minutes of the best parts. Get your pen and pad ready. Pretty much uh, listen to this podcast and then go back. Uh, go mm -hmm. back one because that's where it's at. So uh, check out Creator Ave because I geeked out. And now we have a new uh, series every Friday. Audio only, people. Audio only. So let's get into this episode. So what's popping, of course, is uh, sponsored by Deeper Than The Brand. For those people who are watching the uh, episode, I got my Deeper Than The Brand hat on. Exclusive, sorry, only NFT people have these. But that's neither here nor there, right? Uh, sponsored by Deeper Than The Brand, the number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently, if I said that right, uh, and authentically build a brand, grow a social media presence, and build digital wealth. Go to deeperthanthebrand.com for more information, okay? So let's talk about podcasting, but not in the way that you think, right? Let's say you are a brand or a creator that has a really good idea for a podcast show, right? You hit the ground running, you got your title, you got your art, you got the hosting, everything, right? And it's not going as well as planned, right? You're not getting the downloads, you're not getting the discoverability. There's competitors out of the wazoo. Yes, the wazoo, people. Uh, and this is what independent creators are dealing with right now. So there was a there was a report that came out by Char Charter talking about, hey, new podcast shows are actually down, okay? From 2020 to 2022, it actually went down 80%. So there's not as much of new podcasts that are coming out for the reasons that I just spoke of, right? Also, new podcast episodes itself are dropping, meaning those people who did create podcasts before are no longer making them, right? And we saw a huge surge when it came to the pandemic. Everybody and their mamas was doing a podcast. Shout out to those who still survived. We're one, okay? We started in the pandemic and we are still here, people. We, that, that deserves an air horn. Okay, that deserves one. But the real problem of why new podcasts are not coming out and why new podcast episodes are no longer happening, one, discoverability. It is very, very hard from an audio standpoint. I'm not talking about video standpoint, even though that has its own situation. I'm talking about audio. It's very hard to be discovered 
in the audio section, right? If you go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever you, wherever you're hearing this podcast from, you're only seeing pretty much the big dogs or those that are in like podcast networks that are already up there. The smaller shows are having really, really hard times being discovered. So when we are creating something, at some point we have to see the fruit of our labor. And with podcasting, that is a way longer road from download standpoint, from a monetizing standpoint too, right? So what is the solution? One of the solutions that we're seeing lately is that old podcasts are actually coming out with new shows on their RSS feed. So what does that mean? So things like if you have a podcast network or if you want to start a podcast network, this is one of the ways that smaller shows can be discovered. If you have a podcast that is killing it, you, you're on the charts, you may want to create a podcast network in order to help smaller, smaller shows. Because now when they're under your network, your audience instantly sees these different shows, right? So a, a good example of this is Earn Your Leisure, right? Shout out to Earn Your Leisure. They have, I believe, seven shows under their network. And every single person that goes under their network, they get instant exposure because of their success, right? Now, smaller uh, smaller podcasters can look to join a podcast network for that exposure as well. You're just taking that audience that the podcast already has and tries to bring it to your way. So this is what we're seeing now. Uh, New York Times has been doing this as well as creating multiple shows underneath their banner. And we did it just a little bit different where we had an idea for a, another show, but we're putting it on the regular RSS feed that we have now, which is Nikki and Moose podcast, right? So there is a solution. It's not the greatest solution, but there is a solution. But does this mean that podcasting is dying? I don't think so, right? I just think that the real ones are surviving. I think those who may be thinking about podcasting, they're going to hear that 80% of uh, new shows have dropped and are going to run away. And that's okay because it wasn't meant for you anyways. So I still encourage people, if you have that idea, definitely do it. It's so worth it. Like the podcast game is fun. It builds credibility, authority. You're able to leverage it, right? You're able to have a global audience. It's super dope. But I do understand why, one, we're back outside. We're not inside as much. We're back outside. And two, we still have the problem of discoverability. So if you're thinking about having a podcast, I still encourage it. Shout out to all the podcasters. If you are one, you're the greatest. Uh, but that's what's happening in the podcast world. That's crazy. That's crazy. What's happening yeah. on your end, Moose? 
Man, business is uh, is business as usual. Let's say that. But a very interesting lesson, man. But this broke news uh, early last week for, from, from the time that you're listening to this, right? But uh, a Florida jury ruled in favor of a lawsuit brought forth by Flowrider against Celsius Energy Drinks and awarded him a total of $82.6 million in damages. How, wait, first pause. of all, you're not going to speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said. I know, I know. Let me just let, me just let that sit for a moment and let me run it back one more time. So Flowrider, the one that we all know from his songs back in the day. Uh, Apple bottle jeans. He, there you go. Boots with the fur. Uh, <laughs> boots with the fur. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be able to add a few extra furs, pieces of fur on his boots right now but awarded $82.6 million in damages from the energy drink company Celsius, all right? So here's the backstory behind that. He reached or was in an an endorsement deal with the company from 2014 to 2018. At the time, he was awarded or they agreed on a 1% ownership in the company or a stock option around that same amount. So in addition to the brand deal that he was awarded or that money that he was given, that was something a part of his negotiation, right? So the complaint that was brought forward or forth in 2021 is when he initially presented the case for hearing. It said that between the years of 2014 and 2018, he played an instrumental role in launching a new era for the company's brand development growth and expansion, and of course, bringing exposure to millions around the world using his brand and his music or his talent and bringing that customer awareness or brand awareness to the company, right? So Celsius, on the other hand, said that, well, in our defense, our company reached its great success, not because of a direct endorsement from Flowrider, but other business decisions led to the increase. So, of course, the two went back and forth in court, but the jury eventually ruled in favor of Flowrider and giving them that massive deal or that massive payout because they found that the company tried to hide information from him during that time. So that was the thing that really broke, like they say, the straw that broke the camel's back it was the fact that the company tried to hide information from him during that time period that when they were found guilty of that, the jury awarded them all that money based on that payout. So my man gets a huge payout. Moral of the story, of course, for those of us who are listening, is go back and review your contracts, right? And here's the thing. When you're in a creative endeavor, it's difficult to get to almost put your finger on how to evaluate worth because it's something creative. It's something that you, it's, it's not black and white, but when you're not sure, or you're not aware of what's, what's right and what's left, how does this actually work out? You can lose out on something like this. The other side of it too is as this creator economy continues to grow, I think this won't be the last time that you hear something like this is going to happen. I'm sure we're going to hear about it more in the future because the creator economy is only continuing to boom. I think I sent you an article 
where they sent that venture capital is now starting to get involved mm -hmm. because some nameless brands or faceless brands, I should say, are starting to get acquired by other VCs and they're pumping money into them. So I think this is only just the beginning of it. Almost $2 billion or some crazy number went into 2021 to personal brands and what are known as influencers. So this construct, it's not going to be the last time that you hear about it, but it is a lesson for us to know as brand owners, when you're working with people who you want to help accelerate and grow your company, do right by them. All right, that's, that's always known as one of the, the things about marketing is you don't know how much of it works or how much of it doesn't work. But if it's written on paper, follow through and do right by your people, all right? Give them what they're owed or what you promised. And then on the flip side of it, you know, for you as a creator, as an influencer, you want to you wanna comb through those details and make sure you're understanding what you're signing because that's the difference between $30,000, which is, by the way, the damages that he originally filed for, and $82.6 million. You're talking about generational life-changing money because of what they discovered there. So huge, huge payout. 85 million. God. Crazy. That's... Shout out to Flo Rida. I need somebody to make that mistake with me. Yeah. I, mean, I know. I know. I need somebody to make that mistake with me. Hello. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Lee. Um, but we got a new segment for the podcast. It's called The Creator of the Week. Right, creator of the week. We wouldn't say influencer, but some people don't really like the word influencer. So we're going to stick yeah. with creator, content creator. Y'all know the vibes, right? So uh, today's or this week's uh, creator of the week is Glenn Henry, a.k.a. Belief of Fatherhood. Now, you may have seen him. He is one of the most positive black males, fathers, family man on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Like he gives the behind the scenes of everything with his family from sick babies to happy babies to changing diapers to arguments to uh, reprimanding everything. The ups and downs about family life. He's a stay at home dad turned full time creator with over a million subscribers on YouTube, about 2 million on TikTok, right? And I was watching one of his interviews and something really stood out where he was like, yo, I want to be the proof for other people, right? And so uh, in this segment, I'm actually hitting up creators and asking uh, their take on Yo, what did you mean by this? Or how did you grow that whole night? So if you get a DM from me, uh, future creators or creators who are killing it, uh, it's me wanting you on the podcast, okay? Just let you know. And all I need is an audio note. Hello, this is what we're doing, right? So I asked him in a DM, like, yo, what did you mean about proof? And this is what he said. I never knew how valuable proof was, right? Like. I didn't know that with everything I do, I am proving what I believe. You know what I'm saying? So I never wanted to be a father until 
I met someone who was a good father. You know what I'm saying? And once I met that person and I saw, you know, I was able to come into his house and see him with seven daughters, you know, and see how the house operated. I was like, oh my gosh, I believe I can do this. And I realized, dang, like the power of proof, right? Proof is the most important thing we can do is prove what we believe. And so once I realized all I needed was proof, I decided I wanted to be proof for other people. You know what I'm saying? Because when you believe something, right, and then you prove that, it gives other people the honor and the right to believe in something that they never believed before. Proof is, is the most valuable thing we can do, I think. So please, 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 we're going to put all his um, contact information in our show notes. Please go check out Belief of Fatherhood. And that's B-E-L-E-A-F. Not even spelled belief in the regular way. Okay. So Belief of Fatherhood. Uh, Glenn is amazing. Very approachable. Very relatable. And somebody you got to look out for. So uh, most what you... Have you have you checked out his content? His content is I have, his storytelling is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I I watched a documentary on fatherhood maybe a month and a half ago, and he was in the documentary. He was featured along some beast. I mean, Will Smith and a variety of people. And I was in tune and following, but I didn't know that he was a content creator. And on top of that, someone who is also in the network or a part of the community to some extent. So when you sent me that clip, I was like, oh, that's the guy from the documentary. Mm -hmm. And immediately, I think I wrote you back and said, okay, I'm going to go back and watch this whole thing. But that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And what a powerful brand statement, right? Just one word. And 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 the the story behind it, the, the ideas behind it are so powerful. Proof. But then there's a there's a there's something that goes with it to really help bring it to life. So, yeah, so, so, so compelling and so relatable, especially for me right now, obviously, in this season. So I love it, man. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be I'm, I'm coming. Glenn. Was it kind of a hint? Was that kind of a hit? <laughs> wow. Hit you, hit you up. Hit you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on. We'll talk about it after show, people. We'll talk about yeah, it after show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Relatable. Anyways, uh, yeah, go check out uh, Belief of Fatherhood. Shout out to Glenn. Thank you for uh, responding to the DM and giving us the uh, audio note for the podcast. But um, now, you know what time it is. It's the blueprint time. And uh, Moose, who who are we talking about today? Ali Abdal. Okay. All right. All I'm right. Shout out to Ali. I know, I know you said that. I know you said that for the name. So Ali Abdal <laughs> is the name. <laughs> I'll give it back to you for the rest of the intro. Yeah. So uh, if y'all don't know about Ali, he always calls himself Ali. So he has a last name. I leave that for Moose, right? Y'all know I'm infamous for messing up names. But this British YouTuber who now has about as this recording about 3 million subscribers, right? Who's normally focused on productivity had put out his yearly, how much did I make as a YouTuber, right? And normally this video gets like thousands and maybe millions of views because he's very transparent about 
how he makes it, the different ways he makes it, how, like the actual amount and why it worked and it didn't work, right? And we've been very focused uh, about the content, the the creator economy. And before we kind of spoke about it from this is what's happening, this is how people are doing it. But on this episode, we're going to break down these 12 different ways how Ali made, actually, let me stop. I'm going to let you hear how much he made. Basically zero in 2017. Let's call it $2.27 because that's what YouTube says we made in AdSense. In 2018, our total revenue was $24,615. In 2019, it went up to $130,091. In 2020, it absolutely shot up to $1.213 million. In 2021, it shot up even more to $4,051,116. And so far for this year, our cumulative total is $4,600,593. First off, I just want $5. Just want $5, but... Just a couple. Uh, I watched the video, sent it a moose, and it was 12 different ways my man made $4 million, four million six hundred whatever i ain't trying to downplay it was about close to five million dollars okay off of being a content creator aka a youtuber so let's break down from when he started what was it from when he started and how much did he made last year because clearly we're just we're in 2023 when you're hearing this right so here are the 12 ways and then we're going to talk about the mistakes okay so one of the 12 ways YouTube AdSense. And for those people who don't know what YouTube AdSense is, is every single time you watch our video and there's a happens to be an ad, right? It's YouTube AdSense. YouTubers get paid from that. And when he started, he made uh, $2.27, right? He started. Now, mind you, to monetize, you have to have like a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, right? So when he started monetizing, he made two. $2.27. Last year, he made, oh, about 600 k from just YouTube AdSense, right? But here are the other ways that he's made money. We have Amazon affiliates, right? And for those people who are not signed up to Amazon affiliates, it's one of the easiest things. We buy everything from Amazon. Might as well make money from it. You could go to a affiliate slash program Amazon.com to sign up for that affiliate program. And he made from $0 to 44K uh, last year. Okay. We got affiliate income. So let's say, shout out to God Drip. I say, yo, go buy God Drip. And they gave me uh, an affiliate link. Any money of when you guys purchase this one, which I don't have affiliate link, I just really like them, um, I get a percentage of it. Right. So he does that for multiple deals. And that went from zero to two hundred and thirty five K. We have YouTube sponsorships zero. Now, this one, this one's impressive. Zero from the first time he started making videos to a million five hundred ninety eight thousand seven hundred and forty four. Crazy. Crazy amount. Podcast, because he has a podcast, podcast ads and brand deals started out with $400. Now he makes uh, 153000 
461. Email newsletter. Yes, you can make money off of doing an email newsletter, which he only started making this year. Okay, he got a sponsorship. How, how you make it is people sponsor to be on your email uh, email list, right? So uh, we've seen a few, we've been on a few newsletters that, do, that does this. Shout out to Colin and Samir. They're another one that does that. But literally, people will pay, brands will pay to be in front of your audience. And this is where he got paid 97K for that sponsorship. So from 2017, 0, 0, 0, 0, he just started making money from the sponsorship. And that's 97K. IG and TikTok, nothing until this year. He didn't take it serious and he got a sponsored post that was 37K. Merchandise, which he does planners, okay? Nothing until this year, and that was 63K. Digital products, nothing till this year, and he didn't even take it serious. People like his website. He made a template, template of his website, $462. Uh, Skillshare. For those people who don't know what Skillshare is, this is where he created a course. He got it hosted somewhere else and he just promotes it. Now, here's the interesting thing. First year, 8,740. 2021, 800K. But last year, there was a bit of a dip, 778 and uh, 131, right? Now, he also does self-hosted courses. He does his own courses. Uh, started that this last year, 179K. And that's, it's just on the website. He didn't even market it very well. And then the last one of the 12, which is the cohort courses. For those people who don't know what that is, certain time periods, you get to have Ali live on Zoom calls or whatever, and you go through the course for let's say four weeks, 90 days, whatever his, his cycle is, right? Now, when he first started, uh, 282K. But in 2021, 2,050,000, right? But last year, he dipped a little bit at... A million seven hundred and fifty nine, two hundred and thirty eight, a little bit, whatever. But the interesting part, well, before I go into the interesting part, Moose, the twelve ways. How do you feel about that? That path of like zero to like, good God, right? What does that tell you? And then yeah. out of the twelve, uh, which one do you want to concentrate on for Nikki and Moose? You know, what's what's interesting, I mean, obviously, what a phenomenal build out. I mean, this guy is a former doctor, by the way, and I don't know if you mentioned that, Nick's, but former doctor mm -hmm. that was dabbling into content creation in YouTube and then uh, went from trying to going full time and took it serious to see this turnaround in, you know, uh, four years, which is a long time on the Internet, but still relatively short overall. That's phenomenal. I'll be honest with you. All of the big numbers, outstanding. Absolutely love them. Shout out to you, Ali. You're killing it. Keep doing your thing. The part that sticks out to me, because it's something that we all can do right now and are probably underutilizing it, 
affiliate income. Hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've recommended a book, you've mentioned something about a planner or a subscription or a this or a that with nothing. I'm like, oh, what, I'm gonna take 12 cents from that? No, I'm good. And I'm looking at my guy right here, mm-hmm. just from affiliate income alone, 44 and 235, you're talking about 280 grand just from being strategic with the affiliate marketing and, and using it correctly. So that's the first thing that spoke to me. That's just like, whoa, that's something we can do right now. And probably anyone listening to the show, there's something that is included in your workflow and the things that you wear and what you like and enjoy, the things that make you, you, your decoration, your equipment, anything. And I think it doesn't hurt to just go that extra step and set that up. So immediately I will say that comes to mind and says, whoa, buddy, let's take, let's take, let's take care of this affiliate stuff for sure. This is a fact. Now, uh, we we have to talk a little bit about the mistakes, right? Because if you paid attention to the numbers, there was a dip in one of them. Well, two of them. One was Skillshare, but that was because they changed the terms and agreements. And so the payout was a bit different. But the cohort courses, there was a bit of a dip, right? Now, for some y'all going to be like, okay, 2 million to 1 million. Wow, that's crazy, <laughs> right? But that's still something to talk about. And he actually spoke about it on this video. Uh, and I would love to discuss about it. Then we made a couple of mistakes. Number one, we kept on raising the prices because we were like, oh, this is just selling out. Let's just keep raising the prices. Let's keep adding more and more stuff to it. And I think we dipped beyond the point where it would became sort of a comfortable amount of money. So right now, I think the cheapest package for the course is $2,000, which is a lot for someone to just take out their card and sell. And we just sort of kept on increasing the point, increasing the prices beyond that point. And that was probably a bad idea. But also we also then did a really bad job with sales and marketing overall. And in 2021, we had a bunch more videos teaching people how to be creators that plugged the course. And in 2022, I think also because we made fewer videos overall and I was mostly focused on my book. And I was kind of like, ah, oh, don't really care about making YouTube videos aimed at YouTubers because that's not really my content. But that was the sort of videos that sold the course. So interesting, man. Small dips. What, what, what I take away from this right away is that the ebbs and flows of business happen to everybody. All right. And, and small things can translate that. You know, what's funny about the conversation that we were having about through text, you know, and recapping Sean's convo. It's like my approach on business. I've always looked at it as what you do with yourself or like the self-work that you do is going to directly impact your business. So if you want to grow your business, grow yourself, right? That's that's just been always my philosophy. And then of course, based on unique circumstances and the context, when you're in a situation, there are things that you need to do to change the levers of your business, right? But when you look at what he's saying right here, something as simple as pushing that threshold of what people are willing to pay is almost bound to break. In some cases, you want to find that line, right? There was a situation with you a couple of weeks ago Slightly different situation, right? Not so much around a product per se, but around a service that you were, say, called in for. And we pushed that lever to see what's the breaking point. And and we walked away from it. It's like, okay, it didn't work out in the capacity that we saw it, but it's still a win. And I think everyone involved in that conversation saw it as a good thing. So as 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 disappointing as it may may seem as though, okay, revenue dipped a little bit. 
But it's good to know that threshold. You want to know how do your consumers or your audience evaluate the value that you're giving them. And you don't want to fall on. There's a, another brand that I know of that has been beating themselves up because they feel that they've been on the low end for so long and they've surpassed the height of their or the peak of their awareness. So it's, you think of it as life cycles, right? There's a point that you're building up, you're building up, you're building up, you reach your peak where everyone's talking about you. Mm -hmm. It's like you're viral almost all the time, right? If you don't have your price points and all of these different concepts really outlined for you, you reach out, you, you miss out on, on your income potential, how much you can possibly earn as a business or even further collaborations and what you do moving forward. But to, to surpass that peak and enter a new phase or a new era of your career, or let's just say your business development life cycle, and you, you are now trying to catch up on the money that you could have earned in the past, it's a difficult thing to try and bounce back from. All right, so it's good. I, I see it as a good thing. It's like, yeah, you lost three quarters of a million dollars year over year in win, one part of your business, but you, you've come across that market resistance to let you know, okay, you, you, you can't go past this mark here, but also, and maybe you can expand on that piece a little bit more. He talked about not doing the greatest job in marketing, at least in, in, in that category. Yeah, uh, when we look at, the things that we're launching, I think both of the things that he said with um, the self-hosted cor courses and the cohort, he didn't really market it well. And he just based it off of, okay, his influence on YouTube, which clearly it worked because it's a million, right? So uh, his, his influence on YouTube, he put it on the website. He may have emailed it out because he, he likes the email. And that's it right? Where others may have done ads, may have done collaborations, may have done, um, you know, more uh, go on other people's podcasts. That's more of a collaboration as well, right? There's, there's other things to prep. There could have been a whole separate series on his YouTube uh, channel about just that particular course, that particular cohort. And he actually said, yo, I lowered the videos that normally would bring the traffic. I didn't want to teach people about YouTube anymore. Even though that brought me a lot of money, I was concentrated on my being an author. I was concentrating on my productivity ones. I didn't necessarily like I know it worked, but I don't if you watch the video, you can even hear. I don't know how much longer I'll do that because I don't necessarily see me teaching on zoom all the time like i find more of an impact doing it through youtube just doing a video and impacting the masses so he understands the things that he could have done and i i could only imagine if if he did that with just his regular marketing just regular organic situation what would happen if he actually put money behind it, right? When we're seeing that something is working, we're in, a, we're in a time that we have to put money behind it for it to really expand, right? The, the organic thing is, I believe, is just to see if it works, right? 
okay, my, my audience is rocking with it. They love it. Cool. People are buying it. But if I want this on a consistent basis, my core audience is actually going to die out after a while. And so now I have to bring in new people or maybe that people that didn't even see it. I have to put money behind it because now I'm trying to promote something to make money on a free platform. Free platform ain't going to rock with that. No, I need a cut. And if you want people to see this, oh, no, I need a cut, people. What's up? Right. So that right there is something that we have to keep in the back of our mind. In the beginning, we could do organic. After that, we probably have to put some money behind what we're doing. The The other thing that uh, I, I want your take on is that increase in price, right? Where he had it at a certain price and then he kept increasing. And he's like, yo, this works. Let's go. Let's run it up. Let's run it up. In the video, he said, uh, we did it for like, 2000 and me talking to people and you've told me this uh that it, ha it, it came to a point where i have to actually have somebody get on the phone with them get on zoom with them and, and break that down why it's so much but we didn't do that and we kept increasing it and so that was probably a big mistake not saying that no one didn't buy it but the uh the conversion rate definitely lowered because of the greediness, right? Mm. Um, what What is your take on, not calling him greedy, but what is your take on outpricing your audience? Yeah, it's, it's not having an idea of where that price threshold uh, is. Like, I, you know, I, I talked about in, in the beginning there. It's a, it's, it really comes down to simple economics, right? Supply and demand. If there is nothing that is improving in the experience, I love what you shared, and maybe you could do it justice with the context around the packaging of the most expensive cookie. Right? Yeah. That was that was a strategic. What's, what's the name of that? The brand? Last I forget. Prom. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So so as I'm watching the video, they're not talking about let's say their ingredients or their taste. And nothing against it. I'm sure it tastes amazing, but how much attention to detail went into an elevated experience to offset the price? Yep. And then it created that that shareable moment for people as they're opening to want to share and say, and similar to what you do, right, with a lot of your unboxing, when someone sends you something with a, a handwritten note or a personal touch and the packaging is fire, you feel in like it's it's enticing to want to share that because it's like yo look 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 what this is about yeah. and so i think to just increase price without sight of or knowledge of your value threshold in the marketplace an elevated experience or something to show for it there is no incentive for a consumer to to overspend with you or to give you more money if they don't see an increase in value. We've seen multiple companies do this and get penalized for it and pull back. They either pull back price or they increase value. So in the beginning, when we look at Apple, of course, with their yearly releases and on the iPhone, that price started to come up and then they saw that slight dip and then they gave new features. 
more memory, a better camera. Well, that better camera always happens, but more memory is the thing that I guess they've off, that they've really just started to settle for. Okay, you can get this one, the Max, and then you know other things like that. And then on the flip side, you had a company like Netflix that tried pushing that same emblem and said, okay, nope, we we got penalized big time for it. Now let's pull out pricing all the way back. I get I get emails from Netflix to resubscribe. I think as low as seven dollars mm. when it went up to twenty bucks or something like that. Good so God. just, yeah, the moral of the story, man, is just just know what your value threshold is in the market. And if you're going to increase your price, it's not bad to increase your price, but you should have a reason to for that increase other than the fact that, well, heck, let's see if people can pay more. This is true. Right? This is yeah. true. Now, the, the, reason, the reason why... I'm, I'm stuck on last crumble because that was that's such a good cookie. Such it a good is, cookie. Have I didn't you taste it, it? Though, but that, that no, I didn't. I was just stuck. I, the thing that caught my attention was just like you said, that shareability factor in the way it's packaged and the detail that went into it. That that, that was really cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll send you one. I'll send you if you unless oh, cool. you're on a huh? diet. I don't know. I'm, I'm never I'm, on a diet. I know. Well, I did, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but. Um, for those people who don't know of Last Crumb, uh, it's a $150 uh, box of cookies, right? And the reason why they justify is because of the presentation, right? Everything from how it's delivered, like the, the packaging, when you open it, it's everything is like what I call uh, Instagrammable, right? Mm -hmm. Where you grab your phone, you want you want to share this with other people. Yo, look at this. It comes with a booklet. Each of them are individually uh, packaged. Each of them have their own name. And behind the, the cookie, there is a different picture for each one. Like, it's just a complete experience. Like, this is, and they value themselves being the most expensive cookie. The, the best package. Like, the best or the most, right? Um, so... When we're looking at, okay, if I'm going to increase my price or if I'm going to have a premium price, is it the most or the best? Mm -hmm. If it's not, like, if it's not number one in this category, okay, let, what are we justifying this price about, right? So there, when he's talking about his course, there's a lot of other YouTube, uh, maybe cohorts or different courses when you're increasing it, just like how Moose said, what justifies it? Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Shout out to Ali. Go check out that uh, that video. We'll put it in the show notes. It's a really dope video because he breaks down the 12 different ones. And if y'all didn't catch it, quick recap. Uh, YouTube AdSense, Amazon Affiliates, Affiliate Income, YouTube Sponsorships, Podcast ads and brand deals, newsletters, IG and TikTok, merch, digital products, Skillshare, self-hosted courses, and cohort courses. Write that down. Make them as goals for Eva because it's not just for YouTubers. It's pretty much content creators, but he's a YouTuber. So uh, we concentrated on that this week. Now... It is time for this or that. And this segment is sponsored by 
Flightassessment.com. Discover your personal superpower and learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential. And that's at flightassessment.com. Now, I was watching an interview with uh, Rick Rubin. For those people who don't know who Rick Rubin is, uh, highly known for being the co-founder of Def Jam, but he is an amazing producer with uh, with works with Jay-Z, Adele, Slayer, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and so much more, right? But he was on Joe Rogan, and the talk of is there a formula to success. Of course, he was talking about his music, right? Like, is there, like, you know, when there, this is going to work, right? And I took it as far as content, of course, but then he said just success in general. And I was like, oh, we got to talk about it. So uh, this is what he said. Sometimes you make two things that you think are the two best things you've ever made. And one of them connects with the world. One of them doesn't. And it might not have anything to do with what's in the art it might have to do with oh it came out the same day as this other thing came out and that got in the way or there was a bigger story at the time or there was some other who knows who or 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 it's not the um it's not in the cards for that person to have that success Mm. it's like there's so much to it that we don't understand yeah all we can do is make something good and put it out and hope for the best. And that's that's all there is. You, you, we never know why things, why does something work? You know who comes to mind immediately when I hear something like this? Uh, it's Inky. Mm. And and the, the reason why I say that is because Inky is, is one of those people who has engraved in my mind the importance of being process-driven. And I love him for that because not only does he speak that message, he lives that message. I think from seeing him at conferences to before and after presentations, pulling out his notebook and taking notes to the way he prepares and approaches his craft. There's just an admiration and a love and a passion for what he does, but he also takes it very seriously. And, and I love that, you know, as I'm listening to what Rick Rubin is saying, it's the idea of becoming so obsessed with the process and letting go of what the outcome is. Because when you do think about it, there are so many factors that play into both success and being becoming viral, like virality, I think is the word, that trying to mimic or master that, it typically can put you in a weird situation. So, so being process oriented, you get better and it's just a domino effect or it's just a matter of time before your number is called again, or, you you know, your art is appreciated. Your work gets the credit that it deserves because for one, the time that you put in just, just by time on task, you get better. And then, and then with all of these other uncontrollable factors, those also played into it. Your number is bound to be called. So yeah, sure and sweet, man. Shout out to Inky for this because I heard Rick, but I saw I saw Inky. I was like, <laughs> okay. I, I love it. Yeah, no. Um you brought up a good point. Like just trust the process. Um, 
I, I instantly think about, of course, like I said, content where, you know, there has been a lot of people that says, yo, this is the formula to go viral. This is, this is what's always going to make your content work. And then I'm like, uh, that's not necessarily true, right? Because there's a lot of things that could be the issue. Just like he said, like in, in, in like my world, it could be the algorithm. It could be the time that you do it, right? It could be the, uh, the right title. If we're talking about on YouTube, it could be the tags. It could be the thumbnail. It could be when we're talking about, let's say, uh, TikTok. It could be the right hook. Uh, Instagram. It could be the hashtag. It could be so many things that you did or you didn't do, and it's hard to duplicate that. That's why there's so many people that um, will go viral and don't. We don't see them ever again, right? Because it was just that one thing, right? It was just that one thing. And it may take a minute till they go viral again. If they do, if they didn't get discouraged by the low numbers that they probably got, because when you go viral and they, you see some type of success on social media, now you're thinking those are your numbers. Like, right. that's it. I'm out of here. We're gone. Right. <laughs> we've had being transparent. We've had some viral videos on our, on our YouTube. Right. We've had some viral videos on our Instagram. Uh, we had shout out to uh, Anthony O'Neill. We have one that's like 300 and something K. And that's viral to us because our definition of viral is the highest number that you've ever gotten. That's that is not normal. That's this is not mm -hmm. your average. Right. Yeah. Um, and but then we get. We get sometimes as low as like a hundred views, mm. right? How when we went viral, but the th the difference is that we kept going, right? We didn't stop because the numbers didn't equal up to the thousands and thousands of views we had one time, right? On Instagram, we've hit a mil uh, on one or two of the videos. We didn't get discouraged that it went down to a thousand. Like it's, we know that especially in a, in a platform we do not control and we do not pay for <laughs> that. It is just a matter of trusting, trusting the process and being consistent. And now you have a bunch of people looking at you. The real ones are going to stay. The real ones are going to be the ones that get your message out, right? And so when I look at, is there a true formula to it? I do believe there are steps uh, that will help. I do believe that there are um, blueprints that we need to look at in order to avoid some mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's some that's like we could definitely avoid. Right. Yeah. So I do believe in that. Do I believe if I follow this to the T, I'm instantly going to become successful because it also depends on what is your definition of success? What is your definition of going viral? What is what is that to you? Because success to me is different than Moose, but success to me could be different than than who is listening to this to you. Right. 
And so what is your definition of success? Actually, I, we would love to hear about that. Put that in the comments. What is your definition of success? And do you believe if everybody has a different definition of success, there is a formula to success then? If yeah. everybody's definition is different, because some people will be like, if I made this amount of money, I'm successful. Some people will be like, if I have uh, just financial freedom, like I, I just don't have to worry about bills mm -hmm. and I go places. And sometimes that just takes six figures, right? Middle, high six figures. That doesn't mean millions. I'm good. Some people are like, yo, if I have the love of my life, I'm successful. If, if that person is happy, my family's happy, that's success. Like, it, it depends on who you are, on your beliefs, on your values, right? In business, in, in social media presence, in family life, that it all, it, it differs. So mm -hmm. uh, what is your definition of success? Leave that in the comments. Um, would love to hear about it. If you are listening only in audio, hey, email me. Nikki at deeperthanthebrand.com. Email me. Say, Nikki, this is uh, my definition of success. success. And let's see how it goes. Let's hear it. Yay. Let's hear it. Shout out to everyone who's been emailing us, by the way. Facts. Yes. Thank yeah, you for everybody who's been... on our email list. Yes, we have an email list, and that is in the show notes. So go check that out, right? Um, they were the first ones to know about the creator app situation. So we're getting a lot of feedback about like, yo, this episode is great. This is dope. Blah, blah, blah. Continue to do that. We're reading it. I'm sending it to Moose because I get him. Yeah. I send them to Moose. He loves it. It's all great. Uh, we respond. So yeah, email us. You know what I mean? So, yeah, please do. But. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. This is the only thing I asked for. Uh, we have an after show. If you support us, go on Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe to the after show. That is a uh, membership, right? But you hear all our thoughts. You get to hear the, the, the little clue uh, that Moose said. We may go a little bit more into it. He may reveal it three uh after shows later, right? But you know, uh <laughs> never know. Stay you never tuned. know. But he is he's <laughs> definitely more open there. We go more into our true thoughts, um, some strategy. It's 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 a really dope vibe. So go support the the podcast by joining the after show. Of course, check out Creator Ave dropping every Friday at 6 a.m. Okay, every single week now. It's a whole vibe. Um, follow us on, on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, that whole nine, everything at Nikki and Moose. We're nothing else but Nikki and Moose. Okay. And Moose final words. Yeah. Uh, a little deep on this one, but, uh, just know, let me take a minute and just really set this up. Cause I want to say it in a complete concept that really uh, helps people. The story you tell yourself will soon become your reality. Beautiful thing about our minds is that it's wired to help you achieve what you tell it. So if you tell it that negative chatter, unfortunately, that's going to be your reality. So just remember this week, tell yourself a good story so that can soon become your reality. <laughs>